Welcome to another episode of Superhero Discussions. My name is Travis Hines, Travis underscore 156, and today we are going to be talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths, the DCCW crossover, parts 1 to 3. So, wow. Wow. Uh, I, to say I've been anticipating this is understating it. Did a four episodes leading up to the crisis. I'm still pretty pissed that Barry never ever went to speak to Oliver. Uh, I'll never make peace with that, to be honest with you. Uh, at no point in the six, ever since the monitor told him, he never went to speak to Oliver. So I, did, I didn't like that at all, because, I mean, you know an impending crisis is coming, and you don't talk to your, like, mentor, basically. Uh, so yeah, did not like that, but I've come to peace with that. Uh, I was planning on doing three separate episodes, a post for every episode, but I'm not going to lie, after part one, I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> and I don't want to go jump all the way ahead to the end of part one, but I will for a second in the fact that I've been pretty emotional during this final season of Arrow. I'm pretty confident that I teared up slash cried in all eight, all seven of the episodes before this one, before the crossover. So I say this, Oliver Queen's my favorite hero in this universe. It got, this show really got me back into hardcore loving DC and everything about comic books and comic book properties again. I had fallen out of it for a bit, but uh, I didn't feel a thing when he died. Didn't feel a thing, which was very odd for me. I guess I just didn't think it. I don't, still don't think that's the best way to end off the first episode, but seeing where they're going with it, uh, I can understand it, and it does make a bit of sense to me. But we'll just jump right into it. Uh, there were several references right off the top. Uh, Earth 89, Batman 89 reference we saw Knox. Earth 66, Burt Ward reference from Batman 66. Earth 9, San Francisco, we got two Titans. There's a little bit of background information on this. I'm not sure how credible it is, but just from some of the hubbub that I've been reading online, apparently they asked some Titans to be involved. Uh... While not asking others, told some Titans that some already accepted when they didn't or when they weren't even asked. So it was kind of weird just to get two Titans. Uh, it was nice to see Hawk, though, because he does have an extra tie-in to the DC Universe. Hello, Aquaman from Smallville. But we're dropped right into this right away. Uh, I love how all the heroes gather. Uh, if anyone... The Harbinger looks really cool, I thought. So they gather... Uh, and try to defend the Tower of Fate and save Supergirl's Earth, essentially, is the first part of this crossover. And there are some great moments. I love how Oliver gives Mia the suit. Uh, don't know why you didn't give him her a mask uh, when she goes back to 2040. Uh, maybe you didn't make your own mask, so that's why. Or you didn't wear your mask in 7, but now you're wearing your mask, even though everyone knows your identity, because, let's be honest here... You look far more badass with the mask on. It looks great. So, 
I'm not bored with it. It's just really funny how you, a little bit of revisionist history after uh, season seven. But loved it. Uh, heels get brought together. I'm trying to think what major things happened before. Oh, we get a fantastic scene. And I'm going to be angry because this is the only scene in the entire season of both Arrow and Flash. Last season of Flash. Last season of Arrow. This is the only scene we get with Green Arrow and the Flash together. And as somebody who, this was my favorite partnership, friendship, relationship of the DCCW, especially over the course of the six, five seasons of the Flash, six seasons arguably, uh, with the Arrow appearance. Uh, I was very disappointed. I'm not going to try and hide that part. I was very disappointed that this is the only scene we got of them. I wanted them fight. I wanted a air, Oliver shooting an arrow and Barry electrifying it and having it hit somebody. Like, I wanted all that. I know we have two parts left that we may see it, but I don't think we'll get it the way that I hope because of the stuff that has happened. But, yeah, that was a bit disappointing. Like, disappointing as I was, that's, I love this scene so much when Oliver finds out that Barry... Uh, it's gonna die Minder told him he snaps and basically gets really mad at Minder saying dude you double crossed me you just tricked me it's, this is bullshit basically and Minder's like dude it'll save him last year just once it doesn't count forever <laughs> so essentially Barry's life is on the line even though we all know that he has 12 episodes 13 episodes left to film in his back half of the season so we don't know how that's possible uh, we do know a little shout out to Brant from uh, fans and Marvel Squadcast. That's his new podcast out. Uh, it's definitely a, worth the subscribe and listen. Him and Brock uh, break down Marvel stuff. Uh, I think they did Black Widow trailer, the last, uh, the first episode. So yeah, that's a must listen. But I'll give him props because I'm pretty sure he called relatively er- early to me that uh, Earth 90 Flash was going to be the one that takes Barry's place. I'm pretty confident. He said that after the first episode of Flash. So big credit goes to Brant there on that because he nailed it. Uh, yeah. So they fight. Uh, the anti monitor starts to get the upper hand. The people of Earth 38 try to evacuate with Supergirl's help from her team, <clears throat> and um, the monitor comes to take everyone away to fight another battle to save the resources as he says but first of all you don't tell Oliver Queen what to do and second I'm assuming Oliver knew that he was weak at the monitor that he was weaker and that's why he shot the arrow because that, that arrow doesn't work if this is before crisis he just poofs away like he poofed away Jay Garrick, like this is one of the things, or Barry Allen, sorry, Earth Naughty Barry Allen. That's one of the things that I, the monitor's powers, you know, I can understand it if you were more consistent during Crisis, but he gave Cisco his powers back by looking like he turned back time. Like it was very similar to like the time stone in uh, Avengers when they used the time stone. That was, it was very similar. It looked like he turned back time to put Cisco back to where he was before the cure. Uh, 
so yeah, like he has strong powers of one minute, and then the next minute he says, yeah, I'm really weak, and then an arrow hits him and puts him to his knees, so you're like, uh, I would have liked, I don't know if any, many people, how many people watch Justice League, <clears throat> or Justice League Unlimited, I'm going to go with, because Green Arrow finds a uh, weird thing that he puts on, quantum something, quantum arrow, I'm going to call it, that's what he makes when he gets transported to the future and around uh, the Legion, Legion ship. So, you could have had Oliver find something on the Legend ship that would have allowed this to happen, in my opinion. You could have easily just had him find something, put it on top of Arrowhead, and we have a very believable way of him taking down the monitor. But, uh, I'm calling a little BS, I understand, but, I mean, you gotta give me a little tiny bit more in the background there, just, just a little tiny bit more for him... For me to believe that he could take down a monitor, even though I'm going to do it with the head cannon up, he's getting weaker, kind of. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll let it slide because it looked badass. But I love how he incapacitates the monitor for a brief time to buy more time. We're told after that his sacrifice is a billion, but we get to the death scene that was just meh for me. It was meh. Uh, I liked how he talked to Barry there. And Mia, there was very hurt, but I just never felt nothing. It was really strange. So the other thing I want to talk about in the first episode is Superman. I'm a big Superman fan. Not the biggest I know. Krypton Time from DC Daily and the New Adventures of Lois and Clark podcast. Uh, he's probably the biggest Superman fan I know. But I didn't like some of the choices they made with Superman. Uh, how can you be hopeful at a time like this? I can't believe Superman ever would utter those words, honestly. But it's always being used. Superman, especially on Supergirl, is always being used to prop Supergirl up. They put Superman down to prop Supergirl up. Supergirl is far more hopeful than Superman, which, you know, I'm calling a little BS there. Supergirl stays up just a little bit longer than Superman when they're doing heat vision. They make Superman drop and then say, always, always trying to one-up me. So it's just those little things, they don't need, you don't need that there to prop up Supergirl. She's on five seasons of her show. Maybe when his first appeared, you could, doing that was okay, but you're getting to a point now, this dude's going out and having his own show, and you got me feeling like he's the third, third Superman, thir third superpower Kryptonian there. Like, I could really care less about him from the way you're putting him down to the way you're like making him less powerful to make him less hopeful didn't like that like the look of the superman but not a fan of that so like we end with oliver dying i just might to touch on that little note of superman because i think he's used far better in parts two and three but, yeah, so we fly off to uh, the crossover to part two. I think we open part two with the Birds of Prey. Maybe that's part three. It's all jumbled together a little bit, guys. It's, as I touched on the major points, the order I don't think anyone's complaining about. But, yeah, uh, it was a very cool scene, to be honest with you. It didn't take, didn't take much, didn't go out on a huge limb, no special, crazy special effects or anything. But still enjoyed it. Nice fan service. Got to give them props on all their fan service they did in this crossover to date. Uh, they nailed it. They nailed 
They nailed everything I've watched. So Oliver's dead. Barry's contrary. <laughs> uh, Mia's contrary. Sarah's on Rager drinking. Uh, everyone's, everything's a mess. This is not how he foreseen it. Uh, I got to also say one other thing. Prior coming in during Oliver's death scene kind of undercut it for me a little bit. Like it didn't, it just didn't work. And that, like I said, I still enjoy the crossover, but I was so mad after this crossover. Oh my God, was I mad. I was like, killing him this early? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I kind of was, I was really pissed. Really pissed. To point, like I said, I was going to to do a post-episode crossover for everyone. Post-episode podcast for everyone, but nope. Couldn't do it. Then, honestly, the next day, I just... You know, I sat down and thought about Arrow. Thought about the history of Arrow. Thought about the couple quick scenes we got in the promo for the episode that was coming, the next part two. And then I thought to myself, okay, clearly they're planning on using a Lazarus Pith. Clearly they're planning on getting Constantine's help. And clearly I think that, that Lucifer is going to be in there as well. And you can confer with Brit from fans that. I actually wrote that to him the day before the episode aired. So the day that episode aired, not before the episode aired, not after, and thought that it could be Lucifer. He made he did say that he was at a wedding or a funeral when he was caught there, and it was pretty much brushed off after that. But no, I thought so, and I was proven right because uh, Oliver's dead. But nope, Barry and Mia are not accepting it, and bravo, Barry. Uh, we had a great scene with Barry and Iris, where Iris, like, first of all, Iris, what the hell? Like, Barry doesn't even get out his plan, and you're like, no, you shouldn't do it. And you're like, okay, where's your Oliver hating? And I'm like, oh, wait, you crapped on Oliver last crossover, too, saying you don't know how Felicity does it, but he makes decisions. Oh, he makes decisions to save the universe. Ugh. And that's what frustrated me, because I freaking loved Iris's role in this crossover she was very vital and pivotal and enjoyed it but didn't enjoy that uh you can tell barry's hurting like come on you deserve to be destroyed that anti-monitor <laughs> no, just joking. but no i love that he he couldn't even get it out bravo to grant gustin like i said before that's his mentor that's the first person that helped train him like really train him like not kid gloves uh, every time there's a situation, every other time I'll say, there's a situation that is bigger than Barry thinks he can handle. He always goes to Star City and Oliver. So yeah, uh, except during the crisis, before the crisis. I'm not going to get over that, people. Sorry, just not going to get over that. <laughs> he should have visited him. Talk strategy. Uh... I'll blame CW because they don't want to pay the actors what they get paid on their show when they appear on other shows. So I'm going to blame them for that. Uh, I'm trying to get back to where it was too. Now. Yeah, so Barry Seymour, like, he can't he can't die. Not him. I had emotional for that. Didn't get emotional for Oliver's death. What the hell is going on? So yeah, enjoyed that. Iris has a job for Rome. To go with Clark and Lois to find the paragon of truth. 
Kryptonian that's handled more lives than ever. And we get the Earth-167 appearance. The Smallville Earth. And there's been a bit of uh, criticism of this, especially compared to Brandon Routh, but uh, Adam from uh, Adam that I podcast with about Arrow, uh, he's been championing the I Hate Tom Willing fan club the last little while, which I don't really agree with that, to be honest with you. I think that that's a little Bush League once you... Uh, you can be, you can, you can criticize. You can say you don't like, but you don't have to do it over and over and over again. Uh, it's very similar to some snotterholics that you tend to point out yourself. But I'll leave that for another another time. <laughs> I just I just loved it personally. Thought that it was the perfect send off for Tom Willings Clark if he doesn't want to play the character anymore, which is the, which is what I got out of this. But I will give him this. Dude is buff. Dude is jacked. Dude could play Superman easily. I, bravo. Doesn't even look like you really worked out. It's just your natural broad shoulders and craziness, I suppose. But dude looks like he could be a outrageously aesthetically pleasing Superman. So, does that frustrate me that he didn't wear a costume? A little bit, yeah. But, it was a perfect send-off. It was a, I'm done with this now. I grab the kryptonite and throw it away. I punch him, I'm still stronger. And, I go away. Now, we all know that Michael Rosenbaum was pretty desperately needed in in this scene. I, it's, just, it's just a crime to show Earth-167 and not show him. They did give a little callback calling him president. But this, I guess, comes back to uh, Michael Rosenbaum's uh, statements regarding crisis. I, I kind of trust him now. I, I honestly thought he was just he was just saying this so that no one would no one would get that he was appearing. But I guess we can rule out him appearing. Uh, I guess they did do him as dirty as they thought, as they said, because he said that it was very last minute. There was no. Uh, terms of money involved. There was no term, no script shown, no anything. And Googs, I gotta say, that's that's on you, and that's terrible. Uh, you say you've been playing this for a while, clearly, and you say you've been planning for Tom Willing for a while. Clearly, you haven't, you didn't understand Smallville at all, because the relationship between Clark and Lex, and those two were the, they were the the leads together until Lex stopped being on the show. Arguably, people are more fans of Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor than your than Clark than Tom Williams Clark Kent, but it's not. But I still love the reference, loved it, loved it. And to the people that don't and complain about him wearing a suit and that, just want to say this: I don't think you. I I implore you to go back and listen to Michael Rosenbaum's podcast with Tom Willing on it. And I implore you to listen to stuff that he had to deal with the first few seasons of Smallville. The schedule, the travel, the... Pretty much work to exhaust him to the point where the cast is like, you guys gotta do some things for him or we're gonna lose Superman because he's gonna die. 
he's gonna crash, fall asleep crashing, or like he's gonna die. And I like to think that all the the good things that the lead the leads of the DCCW shows have now is because William played the trail. And actually, Stephen Amell did say that said that like he let him know things, what he got, what he didn't from negotiations and the things he had to do. So, yeah, just before you poo-poo all over time welling, just remember that none of this happens without him. So, yeah, love that reference. But then to get to the piece of resistance for this episode, Kingdom Come Superman, Brandon Routh, when that little Superman theme hit when he met Lois, mm, fantastic. Loved it. Uh... An okay fight scene between the two Supermen. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think... I really think... Uh, the Adventures of uh, Lois and Clark... Uh, needs a bit of a bigger budget than your average DC show. And hopefully far less episodes. So you don't stretch that bucket, budget out over a while. Bucket. Stretch that budget out over a while. Because though the, some of the Superman scenes were good in the air it's going to be hard to do full show uh, you need to you really need the top notch VFX people you can get and part of me like that's why part of me want this um, streaming app and also can we get Brandon Routh an 8 to 10 episode mini series with this Superman because phew, fantastic Great. And John Cryer, great as Lex Luthor. Enjoyed that as well. So, after a bit of hubbub, a very bit of comic relief of smacking Lex Luthor over the head with something and taking the book, a uh, little outrageous when somebody's walking around with the Book of Destiny, and two Superman, Superman being there, and that's how you get him, but it worked. I guess it worked. Uh,. The other has, the other two, are, well, the seven Paragons, there's three, is Flash, Supergirl, and Batgirl. And Brandon Rice, Superman, is Truth. They, they go to Earth-99 thinking that Batman, the future Batman, is the Paragon of Courage, but they find out Kate is. This Batman has gone right off the rails. Uh, I liken him to uh, BBS's Batflick. If Superman never redeems him, if he never changes his way, if he keeps going down a dark path, uh, they have a kind of a nod to it, slash the Dark Knight, about the, uh, my parents taught me a different lesson. Uh, more from the Dark Knight. People relax. This, people's like, this is a jam. It's not at all. Stop. Refer to the kindergarten cop Arnold Schwarzenegger. Shut up, me, please. Uh, it was very frustrating. But yeah, he was pretty crazy. He killed this version's Superman, and he was getting ready to kill Kara before uh, Kate spin kicks him into lightning, <laughs> into electric panel, and he dies. Uh, and she takes the kryptonite that he has. So yeah, it's Kate's paragon of courage, and at the end of this episode we get uh, uh, Lila going to the anti-monitor just like in the comics and betraying the monitor 
So, also, sidebar, they get Oliver to the ladder of the pith, put him in, he jumps out, and he's super savage, so they trank him. Yeah, and then they try to get, to do the same thing to get his soul that they did with uh, Sarah's, with John Constantine, but he's with the whole anti-matter wave and all the earth being destroyed, his, he's lost his magic mojo. So, no, no dice. So, we go on to part three with the crazy soulless Oliver and his spirit being somewhere, soul being somewhere else. Spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it. So, they find out that, they find the rest of the Paragons, Ryan Choi, um, I don't know who the other two Paragons are now. Oh, uh, John Jones. John Jones, Supergirl. Oh, who cares right now? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that third episode starts. And I'm going to just fire through. Because this is getting a lot longer than I thought it was. I'm going to fire through the rapid points for this part three. Um, I love Diggle's reaction to Oliver dying. And his wanting to help. Uh, him getting mad at Sarah for... Bring him back or letting him die? And them going, uh, Dig, Constantine, and Mia going to Lucifer, Earth 666, to get a card to let them go to Purgatory to get Oliver's soul. So they do that. Very nice little nod to Lucifer there. And they go to Purgatory, which is in Oliver's mind, Lee and you. Uh, they find him, Diggle talks him down with his brothers, nice little touch there, nod there, I thought it would be Mia that talked him down, but nope, I think given things that David Ramsey, a bit more to do here, so, yep, like that, and he hugs both of them, but then Jim Corrigan, the Spectre comes, and basically says, Oliver, you need to be Spectre now, yeah, so, they leave without Oliver, Let's see from the promo, Oliver becomes Spectre. Just want to point out that right now, Oliver's body is in one place, and Oliver's soul is in another place. Not saying those are the elements for a certain storyline that Kevin Smith did called Quiver that could basically neatly wrap up Arrow in a bow. Or be used when if the Green Arrow and the Canaries ratings go down you can use that storyline to get that where somebody comes for somebody must put their their soul in Oliver's body they have it and basically his kid is trying to stop it and he comes back so yeah you could possibly do it that way you could really you could it's one way that I think it, think it could go but yeah so they leave him so that's it with them uh Barry Cisco and Caitlin go to the entrance that Nash went through, well, Pariah now, and find Earth-90 Flash there, stuck on this treadmill. Cisco's given his powers back so he can breach him out and get him out of there, but they're to fail-safe to the device that the Animator made. Uh, I gotta say, too, this is kind of somewhat similar to... I kind of thought that they would use the Cosmic treadwheel, Treadmill and... That's how they would stop this, but nope, that's how they made this. So, 
kind of nice little twist there. But yeah, they get him out. They find out that they can change change around something. We'll say reverse the polarity. I don't know exactly what they said, but let's just say reverse the polarity. And uh, science stuff. They said science stuff. We can use science stuff. And if Barry runs in this, he can stop the wave. But Jay uses his... Uh, Jay, look. Old Barry uses his slick 30 years of skills and steps takes the speed force from Barry for just a moment, steal, momentarily steals the speed, tells Cisco to fire him up, and says, I'm going to be one to sacrifice him. And John Wesley Ship, you pull off this kind of stuff. So good. So good. Loved it. Fantastic scene. Great scene. Stops the anti-monitor wave. They all reconvene on the ship. Everyone thinks this is hunky-dory now. We stop this. But no... Uh, Lila comes back. Lila's taken over by the anti-monitor. Lila destroys the monitor. And Pariah sends all the Paragons away to the vanishing point. Which is a point outside of space and time. We visit it there at the end of the first season of Legends. It's where the Time Masters were. Uh, great. Very excited to see what happens going forward. Uh, I really enjoyed this crossover, even though I know some of it sound like criticism. And I do have some critiques of it. I'm not going to lie, the way they use Superman, the lack of Oliver Berry scenes, that was something that I... I don't know if I'll ever get over that, to be honest with you. But there was so much, so much that was so good about this crossover that... Huh, didn't mind the stuff that I didn't like. And that's okay. Uh, I don't know if it's quite... I don't know what quite to think about what's going to happen next uh soon we get the seven paragons and oliver as specter uh fighting anti-monitor maybe i wonder if they'll bring everybody back i assume they will uh that's about it that's all i have uh it was really fun uh six years in the waiting kind of let me down a little bit but, like I said, it's only two, three parts. There's still two parts left to go. Uh, could wrap this up and tie this in a nice, nice, neaty bow. Nice, neat bow. So, yeah. If anyone has any thoughts on the crisis, the three parts, I would love to hear it. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. And drop me a line. We can chat about DC anytime. Pretty much anything, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, so that's my thoughts on Crisis. Uh, hope you all enjoyed. Cheers.